How's everybody doing this morning? You feeling good? Come on, it's summertime. It's, it's flip-flops and, and uh, it's supposed to be sunshine. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that. Um, and uh, a little warm. Come, did you guys enjoy the opening of the series last week with Pastor David Brinker? Wasn't, wasn't that awesome? Didn't he do a great job? And I just keep hearing great reports about that message still just resonating with people. Uh, even this week, and, and uh, so it makes me feel really confident about having to follow that up and, and uh, trying to say something to you as profound as he did last week. And uh, so I'll try, all right? No promises, but I'm going to give it my best shot. And uh, it's, no, I'm just, it's, God's going to speak this day. It's going to be good. Hey, I've got a, a really special friend in the house uh, today, actually another one of our overseers uh, from Freedom Life Christian Center up in Christiana, Pennsylvania. And uh, he's taking some vacation time and, and visiting some of his buddies' churches. And so, Pastor Sam Masteler sitting right over here. Would you guys just give him some love this morning? And uh, nothing like preaching in front of your peers. It's not nerve-wracking at all. And um, no, actually, I, I have the privilege at the end of this month, I'm going to be uh, on a Sunday morning at, at his church uh, speaking there with them. And uh, so it's going to be a good test for me because they do like 800 services on a Sunday morning. And we just do one, so I've got to preach 800 times, and so we're going to see if I can pull it off and, uh, and survive it. We've got to know, because uh, we're, eventually we're going to have 800 services here, so I've got to know if we can, if we can handle it. So uh, maybe not 800, all right? Maybe we'll take a couple zeros off of that. But, uh, but we are going to have multiple services going on at some point here. So um, just excited, man, to get into this, this message with you today. I'm, I feel like God has a, a really strong word of... Uh, direction and encouragement for us today. And I love this series because it's probably, uh, you know, this, this idea of doors and which doorways is God placing in my life that, that I'm supposed to walk through and how do I find God's will for my life. Um, I think Joel's sitting down here in the front. He would probably agree with me. Uh, a couple of the other lead team guys are out of town today. They would probably agree with me. The single greatest question we ever get asked as leaders and pastors when we're meeting with people and counseling people is this, how do I find God's will for my life? I'm really struggling with figuring out, is this God? Is this not God? Where, where is God in all of the stuff that I'm dealing with and struggling with and going through? And so I, I'm just excited about it because I know that, that what God's going to say to us today is probably going to hit home for a lot of people, a lot of hearts. And uh, so, so I'm looking forward to getting into it with you. You guys know that I've been, um, I've been running, been trying to exercise, and, uh, and uh, yeah, you can, thank you, Joel. <laughs> you, you don't have, it doesn't even have to be profound. If you say exercise, the Mears family claps, because they're like, yeah, muscles, all right, and uh, <laughs> that's what they do. But, um, I, so I did this Couch to 5K app, it's actually working out really well, I, I, um, I've lost about 17 pounds so far, so I'm pretty excited about that, but, but I, I run at night a lot of times, and um, Actually, almost every time I run at night, I, I get my, my family to bed, and it just works out well for me, because when you're a big guy, it starts to cool off at night, you get a little bit of breeze, and uh, nobody can see you, so it's not as embarrassing, because uh, sometimes it's not much of a run, it's more like a bouncy walk thing. And, um, and, uh, and so, but, but a couple weeks ago, I was running, all right, true story, not, not embellishing or exaggerating at all, and uh, I'm running, it's dark out. And like off in the distance, I'm running on the sidewalk, off in the distance where the sidewalk intersects another person's driveway, I see, it's dark, it's hard to make out what it is, I see what appears to be some sort of animal, about yay tallish, just sitting in the driveway 
looking in my direction, like checking me out. And so I just continue to jog, and I'm thinking, that's interesting. I bet what I see rabbits and cats and stuff all the time. I'm sure whatever it is, as I get closer, I'll figure out what it is. I'm sure it'll get scared. I'm sure it'll run away. I'm sure it's nothing to be concerned about. So I'm jogging. I'm getting closer, and the closer I get, you know, sometimes it, I drink a, a cup of coffee, usually right before I run, in case I'm feeling a little sleepy, and I like the sensation of your heart beating through your chest. That, that fires me up for some reason. And, uh, and so, so I'm, I'm jogging. Coffee's probably messing with me. It's dark. I've had a, I had, had a pretty long day, so maybe my brain and my eyes are playing tricks on me. The closer I get, I start trying to decipher what this shape is. And have you ever had something where it's dark and you're trying to figure out what something is and your brain is coming up with all kinds of cra- Am I the only one that, I don't do drugs, I promise. Am I the only one that's ever, done? okay. So I'm getting closer and, and I'm thinking, not a cat, definitely not a cat. And the, the posture of this thing, swear, promise, starts to look to me like the biggest now, they don't even have these in this area. We have them down south where I came from, like Louisiana. If you ever watch uh, Swamp People or, or uh, who are the bearded guys? Duck Dynasty, uh, Love Psy. Hey! <laughs> hey, Jack. All right, so looks like the biggest stinking bullfrog I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm starting to think, that they don't have bullfrogs in Delaware. What in the, and that's exact, and so then I'm starting to think, like, am I, maybe I'm running too, maybe that heart, deal maybe i'm dying maybe this maybe these are the animals of paradise described in revelation and this i'm waiting for a paul experience maybe this gigantic bullfrog is going to talk to me and uh so like i'm not kidding there was actually this moment as i start to approach the biggest frog in the universe where i actually started to feel like some fear because he's not moving he's not getting Frightened that I'm coming, and I'm, I've got some size. So I'm thinking, I'm just getting ready to wind up my biggest David Akers kick, you know. If I get there and it's still there, boom, through the goal. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm getting myself ready for a fight. And I almost, like, the, the thought crossed my mind. You know what? I could take a different route. I could turn around. <laughs> And run a different direction. And, but then, you know, like the religion in me stood up and said, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so I'm like, all right. It's on, bullfrog. <laughs> we're, about to, we're about to throw down. Me and the bullfrog, we're going to go at it. So I get all the way up to where it is. I look down. It's a newspaper. <laughs> it's... It's a giant piece of newspaper that must have got run over with the car just right to make the end of it kind of stand up and in the dark play tricks on me. And, uh, but, hey, you know, what I, you know what I was thinking about when I was thinking about that story? I think a lot of times off in the distance, some of us have this picture, this idea about what it might mean to really follow God with our whole hearts. And, and we think we know what it looks like. In fact, sometimes we think we know what God's will might entail for us and based on different things that we've grown up with or different things that we've experienced. And rather than pursuing the will of God for our lives, rather than walking through the doorways that God is opening for us, we can let something far off in the distance that we can't even make out yet, that we can't even see yet, that shouldn't invoke any fear in us at all, cause us to freeze 
and stop, sometimes even turn and go the other way instead of finding God's perfect will for our lives. And so here's what I want to say to you this morning. I want to give you some hope if you're looking at some things and you're trying to figure out whether or not to keep moving forward, keep progressing. I want to to tell you this morning that God is for you. He's with you, that whatever it is you see out there in the path ahead of you, it's no more scary than a newspaper. Just keep running, man. Just keep pursuing the will of God for your life because he's going to come through for you. Not supposed to yell in your intro, but I'm fired up about this message, so sorry about that. So this, this, this message is for you today. There's probably some in the room today who are stuck. You feel stuck or off course or off track, and life right now doesn't really look like or feel like what you thought following God's plan for you would look like or feel like. And so I want to I speak to you today. Maybe you have this deep down nagging feeling that the life you're living right now isn't the life you could live. That there's got to be more, that there's got to be more that God intended for you to have in your life, and, and uh, you're just not sure how to get there. Or, or maybe there's some in the room today, and I think probably more than any of us would like to admit this is the truth for us. You would say, the life I'm living is not the life I should live. I'm off course, and I'm not sure how to get back on track. Or you might say, Mike, I don't even know if I can. I feel like I've, I've made so many mistakes, and they've, they've piled up on top of each other. I don't even know if I can get back on track with God's will for my life. Check it out. The Bible says that God's job is to create doorways of opportunity for you to get where you need to be. It's in Scripture. Pastor David shared it. in our. It's our theme Scripture for this series. You're going to hear it every single week, and I want to take a look at it again. It's in Revelation chapter 3, 7, and 8. It says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, not the one we're suburb of. This is the message from the one who's holy and true, so that's Jesus, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one, everybody say no one, no one can close, and what he closes, no one, say it again, no one, no one can open. And then he, I love this, he says, by the way, I know everything you're doing, I see it all. There's no secrets. There's nothing hidden from me. There's nothing about your life that I'm unaware of. There's nothing that you need to be ashamed of or embarrassed about. I see it all. There's nothing you can hide from me. I know all the things you do, and I've opened a door. Now, this word door is interesting because in the Greek, it actually translates to the word opportunity. So he says, I I know everything you're doing. I see your life, and I've created an opportunity for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. So so here's what I want to say to you this morning. You say, I, I, I feel like I have little strength, I feel weak, I feel stuck, I feel off course. Check it out. What I want to show you today is that God has created some very simple opportunities, some doorways in our lives to get back on track, to get back on course. Come on, how many want to be on course? You want to be on track and finding the life that God has for you? Amen? You with me? All right. You can see it right there. Once God opens the door, nothing can close it. It it stays open. So that's the hope for you today. Jesus says, I know what you're doing, and I know you're off course. And and for some of us, maybe you're just mildly off course. Maybe it's just going to take a small amount of course correction to get back on. Some of us, maybe we're right in the middle of God's will where we ought to be. Others of us, we feel like we're miles off course, miles off track. The, The GPS isn't working, and we have no idea how to get close to the opportunities, the doors that God has for us in our lives. So how do we know? How do we know which doors are the right one? Let me read this scripture to you, Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, 
but is wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And then this is what I really want to emphasize for you this morning. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So if we're going to find God's will for our life, if we're going to do God's will, if we're going to pursue God's will, first we have to understand what God's will is. And I understand that for some of us, me even saying that, even reading that piece of scripture, just adds, it compounds the frustration because that's where you're going, Michael, that's the problem. I don't understand God's will. Some of us know exactly what it is. Others are genuinely struggling to figure out which way God is leading us. And so that last scripture, understand God's will, can actually leave you feeling a little bit frustrated because you don't know how to understand what God's will is. And so what I want to help you with for the next couple minutes is, is finding the, just, just some really simple steps to finding God's will. Because it's actually not as difficult as we think it is. I think a lot of times God's will is very finite. It's very detailed. Uh, right down to the, the last detail, the last degree. I also feel like there are times in my life where God's will for me has been kind of general and not finite. Um, for instance, as I was planning this message, I got a confession to make. I didn't pray and say, God, should I use all NIV scriptures or New Living Translation or English Standard because the reformists will love that. Which one should I, which one should I, I in fact, I think, God, I think God trusts me to make that decision and his will can be accomplished do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I think there are times we have free will, we have choice, and so I think there are times when God's will is very finite. I think there are times when it's not. And, and what he wants us to do is get our lives into a zone, get our lives into a place where he can work in us and through us. What I would call it is living life inside the lines. And so what I want to help you with this morning is understanding these, for the sake of our message, doorway, the, the door frame kind of has two sides. And how you, listen, you can, how you go through that door is not always as important to God, as important to God as the fact that we find the door and we go through it. So you can walk through, you can run through, you can walk backwards if you want to, you can sidestep. If you're my five-year-old daughter, you tiptoe through. If, if you can skip through, you can do whatever you want to do. Sometimes it's not always finite, but what I want to help you do is find the guidelines and live life inside the lines so that we have an opportunity to find God's will for our lives. Are you tracking with me this morning? All right, good. So I think, I think sometimes it's hard to find those. And, and, uh, and I'm going to use an illustration of golf. I love the game of golf. Um, I'm incredibly bad at it. Uh, I'm the guy that you take golfing so that you're guaranteed somebody's worse than you. And um, so, so if you're not familiar with the game of golf, here's the basic premise. You, you have a long piece of land. You hit a ball from the beginning. And there's a hole out there at the end of this thing somewhere. And the person who gets the ball into the hole with the fewest number of hits gets the best score. Pretty simple, right? Unless you're me. I actually keep score by whether or not I still have golf balls in my bag when I go home. It's, if there's some for the next time I play, I win. All right? Good deal. Here's, here's the, like the real simple thing about golf. When you hit the ball, when you tee off, there's a few different places that ball can end up. Where you want it to end up is what's called the fairway. That is where the grass is the shortest. It's the smoothest surface. It's the easiest to hit off of. It's the easiest to aim your ball to the next place you want to hit off of. And, and so the fairway usually generally runs the main path to the hole. 
all right? So there's lines on either side. And as you get off of the fairway, you've got the rough, and then you've got the deep rough, or maybe you have water hazards or sand traps, and uh, maybe even you get out of bounds. And, and so what I want to do is I want to help you figure out how to get your life in the fairway. Is that good? Does that help you? All right, so here's the first side. Here's the first line. Here's the, the side of the door frame. The, and the first one is, number one, it's, it's in your notes. Fill it in. God's moral will. God's moral will. God has a moral will for all of us on planet Earth. God's moral will. What is God's moral will? It's what's already said, what God has already said in his word. What God has already said in his word. All right, some of us would even refer to this as the law, the scriptures. All right, so we can, if we want to find God's will for our life, there's a very simple thing that we can do. We don't want to become religious. We don't live under the Old Testament law. But, but the instructions God has given us throughout Scripture still apply. They're still important for our lives. And so if we want to get in the zone where God can work on us and through us, one of the first things that we can do is we can figure out what God's moral will is by looking at what he's already said in Scripture. God will never have a plan or a path for your life that isn't already spoken or can't be confirmed in his word. That was a good place for an amen. amen. All right? There, he will never have a plan or a path for your life that isn't already spoken or confirmed in his word. All right? So, so we always want to filter what God is doing in us and through us through Scripture. Because if you believe God has told you to do something and you can't find it in Scripture, we have a word for you. Crazy. All right? That's how you end up a little weird. All right? So don't do that. Filter it through Scripture Find what God has already said. Find his moral will. The other side of the fairway that you want to stay in is called God's sovereign will. God's sovereign will. Write it down if you're taking notes. God's sovereign will. I know it's a little bit more of a teaching flow right now, so just hang with me. God's sovereign will. What is God's sovereign will? How do we describe that? It's what God is doing on the earth. What is God already doing on the earth? That's God's sovereign will. So, so how do I find God's will for my life? How do I get in the zone? How do I get in the fairway? Well, on one side, put God's moral will. On the other side, put God's sovereign will. And just try to get yourself somewhere in between the two, and you've got a pretty good shot of finding God's will for your life. It'll work out. It'll come together for you. Trust me. Been there. Been in those seasons of life where I could not figure out for the life of me what God was saying or what God was trying to get me to do. So all, all I could do was just get in the fairway. Just stay in the zone. Just stay between the two lines. Just stay in the door frame and wait for the direction to get cleared up a little bit. It'll help you. It'll bring some peace. It'll bring some calm to your life while you're trying to figure out what's next. It's what God is already doing on the earth. So, so let me give you a real simple illustration of this. In, in our church, what is God already doing? Well, he's, he's planting churches. He's planting churches all over the country. We're, we're a year and a half old. This is a new church. So, so what is God trying to do with me? God, what's your will for my life? I don't know what to do. I can't find you anywhere. But I have this great church. And I have this Bible. So you could read the Bible. You could find God's moral will for your life. And then here's this. I, I'm, I apologize in advance for the sarcasm. But here's this crazy idea I have. If you're coming to a church that you love, why not become a part of the family and actually do something with that? That would put you inside of God's sovereign will because he's already doing this. You're already a part of it. So why not, just, why not just go all in and be a part of that? You might actually 
In fact, we have this crazy system called LifeTrack where the whole thing is designed around helping you find God's will for your life and plugging into it. Shameless plug. I'm sorry. Sorry for the commercial. Six o'clock tonight, I'll be teaching. Life Tools 201. You should be there. Here's the big misconception that we have when we talk about God's will for our lives. And this is going to sting a little bit for some of us. The purpose of our lives isn't for God to be there at our beck and call to get him to come do whatever we want with our lives. The purpose of our relationship with God is to find out what he desired for our lives and to try to bring ourselves into alignment with that. And there's far too many of us, I think, who fall into Satan's trap of staying immature in our, in our faith and in our ways as believers and as Christ followers. And so we'd say, give me the salvation. God, I want that. Eternity, heaven, that all sounds great. Now, God, if, uh, if we're going to do this thing, here's what I'm going to need you to do. I'm going to need a, a new car. Uh, I'm going to need a, a nicer house. I'm going to need a larger TV. Uh, I'm still single, God. Could we deal with that? Can we handle that? And so we start, we start, that's our prayer life for too many of us, is to rattle off the things that we want God to do for us, and we've spent no time trying to get ourselves in the zone, trying to get ourselves in the fairway, trying to get ourselves in the place where God can actually accomplish his will through us. So I, I just, I hope there's a shift for you today, that yes, God wants to answer prayer, yes, God is concerned with our affairs, yes, he wants you to be blessed, and he wants you to live a full and rich life, but he also wants to accomplish his will through you. He wants you to have all of those things, not so you can be glorified and you can be famous, but so he can be glorified and he can be famous. That's another place for an amen right there. The purpose of life is to try to get lined up with what God planned for you and live life with some purpose. Come on, don't you want your life to matter? Don't you want it to mean something? And it's actually not as difficult as we make it. Don't live life like it's for us. We're here on a mission. And here, we say this all the time. If you come to Life Track, you'll hear us say it. We, at, at True Life Church, we don't believe your life will ever make sense until you get inside that zone, until you get inside the doorframe and attach your life to some God-designed, God-inspired purpose and destiny, and serve him with all your heart. You can be saved, you can have a relationship with Jesus, and you can still live life really frustrated until you get in the zone and find out what God wants to do with your life. Are you, are you with me? Is this good? Is this helping anybody? All right, good. It's good enough. All right, so we start with the moral will of God. How do we find that? Read your Bible. Dust it off, man. All right, get the, get the U version app. Get a reading plan and, and just start to put the word of God into your life on a daily basis. You want a real simple way to get some word in your life, some devotional in your life? We have a great lady in our church. Her name is Dawn, and she writes a devotional that shows up on our Facebook page every single day. So you can even just start there. If you're struggling with where to start and how to decipher the word of God, give Dawn some love, everybody. She's sitting back there. She loves attention, too. She <laughs> She's really excited about that. All right, start with the more will, and on the other side, figure out what God is up to. And we're going to get into that more next week. I'm going to help you find the sovereign will of God on earth next week. So here's the deal. Here's the catch, the big idea. This is in your notes, so fill it in. The more I know the moral will of God and the sovereign will of God, the better I will find God's will for my life. Start with the moral will and get inside the sovereign will and it's, become, it's going to become more simple 
for you to find, did I say that grammatically correct? It's going to be easier for you to find God's will for your life. God may have given you a passion and a love for music and worship, and you can find that in Scripture. But then you may think you have a passion and a love for tambourines and flags and banners. And so you might come to true life with a tambourine. And, and I'm just telling you, that's not God's sovereign will. We will tase your behind, all right? If you want to be on YouTube getting tased, just bring a tambourine and crank it up during, I'm just kidding. I'm just having fun with you. Some of you are like, is he for real? <laughs> I'm just kidding a little, all right? <laughs> no, don't bring a tambourine, though, seriously. All right. <laughs> You know, you want to get inside of God's sovereign will, God's moral will. You don't need me to convince you. You don't need me to convince you that this works. Just live life. Let's just live life outside the lines for a while. And watch everything fall apart. In our, in our immature faith, many times, we live life outside the lines of God's moral will, God's sovereign will. And everything in our life is falling apart. It doesn't feel like God's answering any of our prayers. We have no money, no friends, uh, no future, no hope. And then we get, who do we get mad at? God, why are you doing this to me? God's not doing anything to you. You're just, you're out, in the, you're out of bounds. You're in the sand trap. You're in the water hazard. You're, you're drowning. You're gasping for air. And, and all you need to do is get back, into the, get back into the lines, get back into the boundaries, get back in the fairway. Some of us are already there. You're sitting in service today. Absolutely miserable, and this message is actually making it worse because, because you're realizing how far out of the boundaries you may have wandered. But listen, it's not hopeless. It's not empty. It, it's, it's not all about where you're at. It's about the choice you can make today about where you're going to go. You can get back on track. You can get back in the fairway. You can find God's will for your life because he still wants to use you. He still wants to work in you. What did the verse in Revelation say? Whatever doors he's opened, nobody can close them. Nobody can close. They're still open. They're still waiting for you to walk through. If that's you, all you need to do is, is chip out. What is chip out? It's a golf term. The, the mistake a lot of guys make when they play golf yours truly included, is when we get off the fairway, we get out in the rough, we get out in the deep grass where it's harder to hit the ball. The mistake everybody makes is they'll pull out the biggest club they have, aim for the green, and try to power, like hit a home run. At, see, that's my swing is terrible. That's the problem. Do you see that foot come up? All right, and so they'll try to just power out of that stuff and aim. We want to hit the, we want the one shot fix that gets us to the green, that gets the ball in the hole. And I'm just telling you, that doesn't work. It doesn't work in golf and it doesn't work in life. What I've learned when I play golf, when I'm in the rough, which is often, all right, I can speak to this because I have lots of experience. The easiest club in my bag to hit with is either a pitching wedge or a sand wedge. Because I can easily get down under the... Now, I can't hit the ball very far, but I can hit it far enough to get out of the rough back into the fairway. Back, into the, back inside the lines, back inside the boundaries, back into the place where I have a shot at getting that ball where it's supposed to go. Can I tell you this morning, if you're struggling and you feel off course, off track, don't try to get the one-shot home run that gets you to the green, that accomplishes all of the dreams and God's plans and God's will for your life all in one choice, all in one decision. You just need to chip out. 
Just make enough choices today to get out of the big, thick, rough, nasty grass and back onto the fairway. Get yourself back into the zone where God can start to speak to you and do something with your life. Man, this is better preaching than you are shouting. Check it out. God saw you before you were even born. Psalm 139, 16. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And so, you know, I read that sometimes. There's, I'm going, God, there's no way all of this was recorded in your book. There's so many choices I've made where I've written pages on my own that probably didn't belong there, that probably should not have been in the book to begin with. That book may have, it was supposed to be 100 pages, and now it's probably 200. Here's the awesome thing about God. No matter how many pages you add to the book, he always makes the last chapter fit. If you will get back in the zone, if you'll get back in the place where he can work with you, he will always make the last chapter of your foot, of your book, fit with his story for your life. Too much coffee. All right. Check it out. It's in scripture, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything, come on, say everything, everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Who's called? You are. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're called. You're called to accomplish the purposes and the plans of God according to his purpose for them. So here's what I want to do. I want to help you chip out. I want to help you get back in the fairway. I want to help you get back in the zone because when we're there, we can find God's will for our lives. You think, well, can't you just tell it to me from the stage? I did. Go to Life Track. That's part one. That, that is God's will. I just speak it prophetically over all of you this morning. God's will for your life is to get involved in your home church. Do something. Don't just be a contrib- or, or an attender. Be a contributor. All right? So, so how do we correct the course? How do we get back on track? How do we make a course correction? Check out Romans 5.20. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. That's encouraging. But as people sin more and more... God's wonderful grace became more abundant. I'm really bad, Mike. There's no way God can use me. Yeah, actually, the worse you are, the more he wants to use you. The more he loves you, the more in love with you he is. The more excited he is to get you back in the fairway, back in the doorframe. Because your story, your testimony will change the lives of everybody who saw how messed up you were. Is that a license for me to go live like hell? No. In fact, Paul writes about it in Romans 6, 1 and 2. He says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? So if you're a Christ follower and you find yourself miserable today, maybe this is the issue. Maybe you're just living in some stuff that God never designed for you. He never planned for you. So here's the, here's the moment that I hope you have today. That right now, you would hear the voice of God, gently the, the, the heart of a father whispering to you. Say, hey, hey, let's just get back on track. Let's get back in the fairway. Let's get back in the doorframe. See it in Isaiah 30, 21. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go whether to the right or to the left. So that's my prayer for you today, that you would just hear the the voice of a loving father who says, come on, let's chip out. 
let's get back in the fairway. How do I do that? Let's make it practical, all right? And then we'll be done. Some questions that we can examine ourselves with that will help you, they'll really help you if, here's, it's the big if, we answer them honestly. So as we read these questions today, the natural frame of mind would be for us to quickly try to answer them on our own. But I, here's, I want to challenge you with this thought today. Why not just take a second right now and invite the Holy Spirit to help you answer these questions? Make sure that you, you give him permission to examine the condition of your heart and your life as we progress through this and find God's will for us. Is that fair? Can we do that together today? All right? So here's the first question we should ask. What am I doing that I should not be doing? What am I doing that I should not be doing? And here's the thing with that question. The power's not in the question. The, the power's in the answer. Because if we'll answer it honestly, we'll, we'll quickly find some ways that we can chip out of the rough and get back into the fairway, that we can get back to the place where God can work out his plan and his design for our lives. Look at Romans 12 too. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Look at Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And so as we walk through this life of, of trying to follow Christ and trying to work out our salvation and try to be more like him, guess what the enemy wants to place in our path? He wants, to, he wants to put some things in front of us that will get us sidetracked, that will get us headed in a, this is, here's the door that God wanted us to walk through, single young men. You're supposed to walk through a door frame of purity and integrity and character and save yourself for marriage and for the person that God has designed for you to be with for the rest of your life. But what the enemy will do is he'll come along and say, that's, that's old news, man. Nobody lives that way anymore. That, that doesn't work. Just go ahead and do whatever you want. I mean, if you love each other, man, have fun. Do whatever you want. Move in together. It doesn't matter, statistics say, your chances of surviving marriage drop by more than 50%. Don't listen to any of that. Don't worry about, and so we get sidetracked. And what does scripture say? Don't. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Because that's, that's what it is whenever we don't follow the will of God for our lives. So what am I doing that I should not be doing? All right, here's the next question. What am I not doing that I should be doing? Life track. <laughs> what am I not doing? That I should be doing. You want to you find a cool uh, study that you can do in your Bible? It's a real simple one. Go find every scripture you possibly can on when Jesus prayed. And look at how he prayed. And let me just give you one of the many things that you're going to find. Jesus always submitted his will to the will of the Father. His prayers were never about uh, feeding his own emotional needs or what he wanted. In fact, even the prayer before he went to the cross... He said, Father, if it could be your will, let this cup pass from me. But at, at the end of the day, he said, no, it's not my will that needs to be done, it's yours. So when we seek God, I was, I was praying with a friend last week who's going through some serious stuff, some 
some really hard things in his life. And, um, and you know what our prayer was? God, it would be great if it turned out this way. That's our desire. But at the end of the day, we submit our will to yours, and we know that your plan is good and perfect. And even though we don't understand it all right now, let your will be accomplished through my life. That's what matters most. So what am I not doing that I should be doing? Our communication to God needs to be mature. Make it less about a wish list and more about his list. John Gillespie's in kids right now or else I would have him come up because that is rap material right there. All right. Make it less about a wish list and more about his list. Let's find God's list for our life. James 4.17 says, remember, it's sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. 1 Peter 4.2, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you'll be anxious to do the will of God. That's my prayer for you today, that you would walk out of here today anxious to get inside the lines, to live life inside the lines of his moral will and his sovereign will, and do the will of God. So don't, don't check out on me. If you're looking at the notes, I know we're at the bottom. There's one left, but it's really the most important one. Band, would you guys come on up? Everybody just, just look at me for a second, all right? Because the, one of the biggest temptations of the enemy at this point in any message and any time God is speaking to our hearts is to procrastinate on the will of God. So here's my question if you want to fill in the blank there. Why not do it today? We know what we are doing that we shouldn't be doing. We probably know what we should be that we're not. But why not start working on it today? All of the frustration, all of the questions about God's will for our life and his plan for our lives, they can become so much clearer, it can be so much easier to progress on the path that he has for us if we just stop procrastinating, if we just stop putting it off. And here's the thing that I want you to hear today. If you consistently resist the voice of God when he's trying to get you back on track, out of his deep love for you, he will allow some uncomfortable things to happen in our lives. He will allow some discomfort to visit us so that we'll turn to him. So, so don't procrastinate. Let's not wait. Let's not wait for all the everything to feel, all the, the tinglies to be there and the emotions. Let's, let's ask the tough questions. What am I doing that I shouldn't be? What am I not doing that I should be? And what in the world would keep me from starting on that path? To, let's chip out. Let's get back in the fairway. Let's get back in the place where God can do something with our lives. 2 Corinthians 6.2, love this scripture. For God says, at just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today's the day of salvation. Would you close your eyes with me this morning?